Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. I'm Jason Kong, and uh, I'm alone in the studio, but live via Skype from uh, from the beach on vacation, but still putting in the hours. It's Attorney Bill Alexander. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm, I'm not doing as well as you are, but uh, I appreciate you still uh, hanging out with me this morning and oh, yeah. and putting on the show. Our, our things at the beach. Well, it's wonderful. It's nice to be down on the Outer Banks. Uh, you know, it's the Outer Banks um, uh, is a unique uh, place. Uh, it's a, a gorgeous beach and uh, a gorgeous area. And a lot of, you know, a lot of folks from North Carolina um, have never been to the Outer Banks. It's um, and it's so unique. It's it's in terms of, of going to the beach and uh, so many of our folks, uh, you know, they they go towards Wrightsville and Emerald Isle and even Myrtle Beach instead of coming coming due east and uh, tr- trying uh, the Outer Banks. So anyway, we love it down here. It's it's uh, great. But the main thing about being able to, to get away is, is just, um, the, the respite, you know, it's, it's important for all of us, uh, to get rest and, and, uh, vacations, you know, anybody, uh, will tell you that vacations are important to everyone that, uh, when you have a good vacation, you can come back and be far more productive in your working years. But, Actually, uh, it goes a little bit far, uh, a little bit deeper than that, and and that is that for all of those caregivers out there, uh, and there are plenty of them, uh, and in in fact, um, the primary caregiver uh, in almost every family is the spouse, uh, and and in all too many cases, all of the focus of the family is put on the person who needs care and very little focus is put on the caregiver. And that's one of the things I try to counsel families that, that, that there really needs to be almost as much focus on the caregiver as the one being cared for. Um, and the, the problem from many, many caregivers is the fact that, that they, uh, and mo- more times than not, it's because uh, of a concern for running out of money. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, is that they just don't take time for themselves. And uh, that's what families need to intervene about and make sure that a caregiver uh, gets away, you know, f- for a few days at least, if not a week here and there, and that they can do it. Uh, every few months at a minimum, um, you know, just, I mean, just think for those who are not caring for someone 24 seven, that it's important for us to get away, uh, just, uh, you know, just, just to, for the rest and the relaxation and, and to, to, um, uh, get our energy back. But for caregivers, it's 10 times more important, um, because, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of someone else. And, and so I, I think it's just so important for families to put focus on how, how do we take care of our caregivers um, uh, and, and, 
how important that is. Yeah, it's it's so important because when you're when you're in the caregiver role and you're so focused on what you're doing, it's really hard to step back. You know, we hear from a lot of these caregivers who uh, and, and their families that, you know, sometimes they even forget to have the proper nutrition for themselves just because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really depends on the situation. But you can just get so focused on the caregiving that it becomes just a basically a minute by minute uh, endless cycle where you're taking care of someone that uh, and it really is so important for them to take a step back. And like you said, take a day off here and there or just, mm-hmm. you know, even even a few hours to have some. Uh, some respite and to sort of relax their minds. Sure. Well, and and then there's one other thing too, and it, and I think it's because of the fact that when a when a family's in the caregiving mode, uh, it seems to consume all of of their time, uh, and uh, which well it just does. But uh, w- one of the mistakes that so many families make is that they don't seek out groups that can can basically give them good direction. Uh, and and uh, the point I'm making is that I would say in the neighborhood of half of my clients where there is a party uh, with um, dementia, Alzheimer's, Half of them have never gone to the Alzheimer's Association, and in Raleigh and in North Carolina, we we have one of the best Alzheimer's groups uh, anywhere in the country, um, and and these are folks who have been through it before thousands of times with other families, and it, you know um, it's the kind of thing where. Um, you can get really good advice. You can find out who to go to and where to go and, and uh, what the resources are for you. Uh, so you don't have to, to reinvent the wheel. Um, and, and so, uh, and it, what, whatever it is, there are groups out there who have been through it before. And so this is the kind of thing where um, you shouldn't try to do it alone. Um, there are so many resources, uh, and well, not enough resources, but there at least are, are places where you can get help. Uh, and groups like the Alzheimer's Association is one of the very best uh, places for folks to go who are, are dealing with uh, those kind of issues. Yeah, that's a big help as well, and it's it's important because I, I don't think a lot of caregivers come in with the mindset of saying, "Hey, I can I can do all this. I don't need anyone's help." But it's more of a, mm-hmm. when am I going to find time to uh, mm-hmm. to talk to someone and, and get a few hours to go and, and speak with someone who I can identify with? But in the long run, it it helps out tremendously. Sure, it sure does. No no question about it. And and I know we need to take a break, but uh, when we come back, I, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, Senator John McCain, and and what he's going through, and and uh, of course, folks should know that he's recently been diagnosed with brain cancer, um, and, and so I want to talk about situations like that for families uh, where they get devastating news like this. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your analysis of that. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander right here on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. And, uh, Bill, we uh, before we took the break, we were uh, just talking very briefly about Senator John McCain's diagnosis. And this uh, this one struck home for you a little bit and because this is some of the stuff that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Well, it is. And, and I'm not trying to be political at all. You, you know, there are lots of families that get devastating news uh, where they, they get a very difficult diagnosis and, um, uh, and they know that their life expectancy is very short. And of course, John McCain is, is uh, simply um, uh, the, the spokesman for the group right now, because, uh, of course, you know, truthfully with, with John McCain, it's not nearly as devastating as it is for, for those who get this kind of news when they're young, because, you know, John McCain's had a good life. Uh, he's in his eighties. Uh, he's certainly, uh, a well-respected man and should be, and has, uh, has, has done wonderful things, um, uh, for his family and the country, um, uh, and the like. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that he's gotten news that, uh, his life expectancy at this point is probably in the ballpark of about a year. Could be a little more, could be a little less, but, um, and of course all of us know that we could go at any time. And I guess one of the good, good things for most of us is that we don't have a clue when our time is up and when God is, will call us. Uh, but at this point, uh, Senator McCain does have a clue. And uh, while that might think, make things uh, more difficult, it, it also uh, it is a situation where um, he can take some actions. Uh, you know, most of us procrastinate uh, and don't get things done, thinking, well, we have all the time in the world to... to uh, get things done for our family. Um, you know, most of us want in a very positive way to, to uh, be a good, uh, steward for our family and our community. And, and we, we want to be able to, uh, leave our estate, um, uh, to our family in, in a, a way that will benefit them the most. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as Benjamin Franklin said, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, what uh, the only thing sure in life are death and taxes. <laughs> and uh, clearly, uh, clearly uh, true. Um, uh, but the, the thing about it is, is that when there are folks that um, uh, know that they have limited uh, life expectancy left, uh, the fact is, is that they have some opportun- planning opportunities that uh, for their family that most of them would want to take, put in place. Now, sometimes the focus is all on getting better and, and in, in the hope of getting better. Uh, but it's also a time where uh, recognizing that um, uh, this is a time when, uh, when they clearly should have a plan on how to leave their estate and and quite frankly um for particularly for seniors where one uh uh, person is um 
likely to die uh, far ahead of the other, there are are ways to plan your estate. Uh, primarily, uh, and, and we're talking about uh, asset protection, and we're talking about tax planning uh, for those we leave behind, because uh, uh, there, with a good plan, you can leave all of your property to your spouse and or your children and grandchildren uh, in um, uh, in a, a way that is totally asset protected from uh, creditors, predators, bankruptcy, um, uh, divorce, you know, all of the, uh, you know, litigation from personal injuries, uh, from any way that, that uh, uh, folks get their property taken away from them. And, and so, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where you can create a will with a trust called a testamentary trust that gives your spouse absolute asset protection, preserves all of the property uh, that's put in it. And in fact, um, uh, uh, that kind of testamentary trust uh, also protects uh, that property for your spouse uh, from Medicaid estate recovery uh, and from any other creditor that is out there. So uh, it's one way to protect the farm, protect the house, protect uh, all of the investment uh, resources that you have for the benefit of, of your spouse. But you have to put it in place for that to happen. Um, the other thing, too, is that, and a lot of folks don't know how this works, but uh, when we die, most of our property that has appreciated a great deal gets what's called a step up in income tax basis. And that is a real blessing for those we leave behind. Um, now, wh what that means is, is it basically takes what would be a very high tax uh, transaction and converts it to a no tax transaction. And this is how it works. If let's say you you buy a share of Microsoft stock at um, fifty dollars a share, mm -hmm. and twenty years later that Microsoft stock is worth uh, fifteen hundred dollars a share. Well, uh, and and there are a lot of folks who've received stock by working for a company through their lifetime, and so all of their investments is in their in that particular company. Um, and so they don't want to sell the stock because they know if they do uh, that they'll have a huge capital gains tax. Typically, that in North Carolina, that's going to be about 25 percent, 20 percent federal tax and 5 percent, uh, give or take, uh, North Carolina income tax. So um, a lot of folks with those kind of stock portfolios will, will just simply take the dividends uh, and they, they don't want to sell their stock and diversify because they know that they're going to take a tax hit. Well, there's sometimes when, when you really should take a tax hit, you don't want the tax tail wagging the dog of good investments. But um, if, if, when you die, uh, you, all of the property that you own, uh, or I should say most of the property, there are some exceptions to the rules, 
but most of the property that you own steps up to the value of the property on the day of your death. So with the Microsoft share, if we paid $50 a share and we still own a thousand shares of it at our death, the, the t income tax basis moves up from $50 to $1,500, the value on the date of our death. Well, what that means is, is that our, uh, our spouse or our children, whoever inherit that stock, can sell it soon after our death, diversify at that point, if you will, uh, or just sell it for the cash if that's what they want. But the bottom line is, is that there's not going to be any income tax uh, on that transaction after our death because, you know, what you get for the sale is going to be generally about the same or less than what your basis was when you acquired it at the date of death. So what I'm getting at is, is that, that um, uh, there can be some tax planning that is extremely beneficial to a family uh, when they when they can foresee a death in in the relatively near future. Uh, but it's not it's not just about estate tax. It's about income tax for the beneficiaries. Now, I, I did say that there are some properties that do not get what this calls step up in basis. And there are two primary properties that do not. Uh, one uh, would be a retirement account of any kind, whether it's a 401k, IRA, 403b, you pick it, any kind of retirement account is still going to be taxed the same way. Everything that comes out of it uh, will be uh, taxed at ordinary income tax rates. And the other big exception to the rules uh, uh, is an annuity. Uh, when you invest in an annuity, uh, while the, that annuity is accumulating, uh, in other words, you're not taking money out of it, it the value increase is, um, uh, that's what's called deferred. In other words, there's no tax on it internally while you're not taking any money out of it. But when you start taking money out of it, the gain is taxed at that time. Uh, so part of what you're receiving is uh, principal, return of principal, and part of what you're receiving is income. And you're taxed on that gain inside an annuity. And that's true for your beneficiaries as well. In other words, if you leave an annuity to your spouse or children, they don't get a step up in basis uh, uh, on uh, when they take distributions from that annuity. So those are the two big exceptions to the step up and basis rules. But it, it's uh, so important uh, as it relates to uh, estate planning and estate tax and income tax uh, when families do know, because again, I would summarize that when, when uh, obviously you can do this long before you know you're going to uh, die, but, but at the same time, there are opportunities for asset protection planning and tax planning. So those are the two inevitables. And when families get bad news, um, they should seek counsel uh, as it re relates to how to uh, deal with the estate and how best to deal with it. Um, because they're, you know, it, truthfully, it's even though it's devastating to the family, 
it's a time where you can uh, a family can take advantage of that and anytime i've had an opportunity to talk with someone uh who's in a position like john mccain they're very quick once they know that they have an opportunity to do some things that would really benefit their family uh, I've never had anybody tell me, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, it's <laughs> always, yeah, I didn't know I could do that. Let's, let's get it done. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's really invaluable advice. And I'm sure that, uh, yeah, anytime you can plan and prepare and get that asset protection in there, you're talking about a, a tremendous amount of savings and, uh, money that you're not having to hand over to the government. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong and Bill, we were uh, talking uh, a little bit about planning and, of course, asset protection, but uh, you mentioned uh, wills and trusts. And uh, unfortunately, there are some things that can be done that will basically undo a will and trust if you're not careful, right? Well, absolutely. And in fact, um, when people think about estate planning, um, they think about uh, how to do a last will and testament and how to do uh, a revocable trust or an irrevocable trust, but trust-based planning as well. And and so uh, one of the things I, I always like to talk about with clients is that oftentimes people spend um, a lot of money uh, to have a will or a trust prepared for them. Uh, and then it, and then for reasons that they don't understand, it doesn't work right. And, um, uh, and so I wanted to make sure that folks understand uh, how, it, how they relate, if you will. Now, now, there's a whole different side, and that is there are other documents in estate planning that are really important. Uh, and I've talked about them before and I don't want to focus on them today, but for instance, the general durable power of attorney, particularly for seniors is a life planning document. It's really important to be able to, to have that so that uh, while you're alive, things can be taken care of. The healthcare power of attorney, that's uh, another life planning document that's really important. Uh, and I and truthfully, I focus as much on life planning as I do on death planning in, in a big way. Um, and there are others, uh, the advanced directive for natural death, uh, the medical release that's HIPAA compliant. We're also doing a new one uh, in our office uh, to make sure that people have access to people to their loved ones, digital assets, because that's becoming a problem area for families. Uh, even when someone dies or they become incompetent, uh, without some kind of release, they don't, uh, they can be denied access. Uh, and sometimes even if they're the guardian or the executor, um, they still can't get access to digital assets. So we've been doing, uh, some additional work on that, uh, in our office as well, but let's go back to the will or trust. Um, and that is that many of them don't work. So why? Well, the fact is, is that so many people think 
that your last will and testament overrides anything else that you might do with your financial advisor or your banker or uh, otherwise. And the fact of the matter is, is that almost everything else trumps what you put in your will. And, and so a lot of folks without thinking about it will have things in place that will undo their will. And, uh, and so uh, let's, let's go through some of these things. Uh, for instance, um, you have a life insurance policy. Well, how does, how do the folks get your life insurance upon your death? It goes to the beneficiary that you've designated in the contract, the insurance contract. So there's a beneficiary. Well, a beneficiary designation is going to override anything you say in your will. Um, and what, I'm, what I mean by that is your will can say, I leave everything to my spouse, but your life insurance could be payable to your children or to someone else, or to an entity, or uh, anything. So what I'm getting at is the life insurance company is going to pay it to who, the, whoever or whatever you have named in that life insurance contract, and they're, they're not even going to look at your last will and testament unless you don't name a beneficiary in the contract. That's the only time they're going to look at your will. Gotcha. The, the same thing would be true of an annuity. Uh, annuities have beneficiary, their insurance contracts as well, and it works the same way. As long as you have a, a, a living beneficiary, and most people name a primary beneficiary and a, and a successor or alternate or contingent beneficiary, and as long as there's a beneficiary name, the company's going to pay it out to the beneficiary. Um, uh, another way that uh, uh, that people can defeat a, a will is through what's called a POD, a pay on death, which you find at a lot of banks. And um, in other words, you can do that with any bank account or transfer on death, which folks do with brokerage accounts. Um, and, and so uh, those are two other ways where um, it just uh, is not going to go through your will. Um, and it, it's the kind of thing, the more sophisticated your will is, the, the worse the results are when you have other kinds of plans that, that don't go through it. Now, uh, there uh, are other folks uh, that would say, oh, yeah, but we don't want to go through probate. And so we're trying to put things in place to avoid probate. Well, um, you, your basic there there are uh, good things about it and bad things about that, because typically your will will have far more sophisticated contingencies in it than any kind of simple pay on death or beneficiary designation. So sometimes it's actually far far better to go through your uh, will, so, uh, particularly if there's any contingency that arises. Um, because it's the kind of thing where, um, for instance, in a will, you're going to say, okay, if my spouse is deceased, then it goes to these 
uh, uh, children uh, or to their our grandchildren. Sure. And uh, a will is normally going to have at least a simple trust in it for minors and for other uh, children, uh, special needs or uh, other situations uh, where someone should not receive the money directly. Uh, and that, I guess the most common uh, situation for that is, is for folks who are young, you know, minors or let's just say under 25. So, um, you know, those are the kind of things where um, the things that you do outside your will in almost every instance is going to uh, override what's actually in your will. There are other ways uh, as well. And for most married couples, um, almost everything they own, their their home uh, and investments and bank accounts frequently are joint with right of survivorship. And again, that's going to um, override or trump your um, your will or your trust in, in every case. Um, now, for those who want to avoid probate, actually a trust is the best, very best way to do it uh, and still have all the contingency planning uh, in place uh, and far, far, far better than just simply here it is, um, pay on death. Because again, with a trust uh, or with a sophisticated will, uh, you can have asset protection planning and you can have income tax planning uh, and estate tax planning for your uh, the ones you leave behind. So uh, those are... Um, uh, but so many folks think that the will is going to take precedent or the trust is going to take precedence over everything else that you've done in terms of designating beneficiaries or joint with right of survivorship or pay on death, transfer on death and all that. And the truth is, it's the exact opposite. And uh, I've seen many a sophisticated uh, trust. Uh, that has gone gone by the way because of folks uh, didn't fund it. They didn't transfer their money into uh, the trust so that it would work. And that, that's a, one of the biggest problems I have seen uh, with revocable trust. You know, most families uh, just, they've done a little bit of research, they've heard about it, they've talked to, to their neighbors, and they uh, they've heard that a trust is the best way to go often, but they don't really know how they work. It's it's something that's a little bit foreign to them. Um, and and for us, at least in my office, I will not prepare a trust for a family unless they understand that as soon as the trust is created, that they're going to have to move property into the trust to make the trust work. And I have seen family after family that will say, well, we want you to revise our trust. And so they bring it into me. And my first question is, OK, what have you put into me, put into this trust in terms of your property? And half the time they say, well, what do you mean? Doesn't it work without doing that? And I'll say, absolutely not. In fact, it can cost you more money if you haven't transferred your property into the trust prior to your death. And so, um, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that just give you a simple letter that says, now that we've done these beautiful documents, up to you to make it work. And to me, that's just bad counseling 
but it, it but it's the way so many folks do it and it's if if you think about it it's it's like going to the car dealer and and paying a bunch of money for a new car and then the the car dealer basically says okay it's out there on the lot go go get it uh, but it doesn't have any gas in it. And um, now, you, you know, obviously we've all grown up driving cars. We know it needs gas. But fact of the matter is, is there uh, with a will or a trust, oftentimes we don't know that it has to, to have gas in it. And so the bottom line is, is that uh, if you have to look at the manual to find out that it needs gas and then figure out how to get the gas in there on, all on your own, uh, if you hadn't learned that from the time you were a child, you'd be in real trouble. And that's that's the way it is with a trust because you get these documents and then you don't know what to do with them. And a week after you've left the lawyer's office, you forget about you forget everything that they told you in terms of moving your property into the trust. So it's the the just like a car's not going to go anywhere without gas in it. Uh, 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 the same thing is true for a trust. The trust isn't going to do you a darn bit of good unless you move your property into the trust. Now, when I say that, I mean transfer the property from your name individually into generally your name as the trustee of the trust. That's that's how that works. Um, but it's so important to do. Otherwise, what you've paid for is uh, you, you haven't gotten your money's worth until you get the gas in it. That's right. And, you know, when dealing with trust, it's really important to get uh, some advice from an experienced professional. And, hey, I know a guy. It's uh, Attorney <laughs> Bill Alexander with Asset Protection Today. And if you need any more information, you can go online to WGALaw.com. A quick break and back. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong, and Bill, we've uh, had a great show today, but uh, before we head out, we need to talk a little bit about independent living and uh, independent living with care, and that's different from assisted living, right? It, it is, and in fact... Um, um, a lot of folks don't realize that there is an alternative out there that can be extraordinarily beneficial to them. Uh, most folks who pay attention know that there is a, a, a places called independent living, there's assisted living, there's nursing care, um, there's also an, uh, uh, another group out there called uh, um, uh, that that is continuous care where they offer independent living assisted living and nursing care as well as in, in one group that's um, uh, continuing care you have to be careful about uh, because every contract is very different uh, you have to uh, really know what you're getting into before you uh, before you do it some of them are very expensive to walk in the door others are not uh, so uh, continuous care uh, is something that needs to be researched a good deal uh, before you, you jump on that uh, on that wagon. But uh, for a lot of folks, and in fact, in just about every case where uh, I have a, a, 
a person, you know, a spouse who has died uh, recently, uh, I will mention to the survivor that they should look at uh, independent living. And the reason I say that is is real simple. You know, oftentimes um, if when your spouse dies, uh, the first knee-jerk reaction is, I want to stay at home, I want to stay at home. Um, and uh, frankly, sometimes that's not great. Um, uh, now, for some folks it is, but for many folks, uh, two things happen. Uh, they're lonely. Uh, oftentimes that leads to depression. Uh, oftentimes uh, that also leads to very poor diet. You know, you, you don't eat right, uh, those kind of things. And so when all of that comes together, things go downhill pretty quick. And so um, for, for those who can afford it, and, and truthfully, independent living is very, very affordable for, for many folks. Um, it, it gives you uh, a, a, a much easier lifestyle because somebody comes in and cleans up your apartment. They change your bed for you. They give you fresh towels every week and fresh sheets and and they provide most of your meals for you so you don't have to get uh, deep into food preparation. Um, and they give you a social environment. In other words, you're around other people that you can uh, have meals with. You're around other people that you can go places with and do things with. And it's totally independent. You can be in the privacy of your apartment uh, when you want privacy, or you can be with other folks when you want to be with other folks. So the independent living um, is a really good alternative uh, for folk, particularly for folks in their 70s and 80s. Um, you know, it's it's not uh, where folks in their 50s and early 60s uh, typically want to be. But at the same time, it's it's great for those folks. And it's the other thing about independent living is it offers um, a safe environment. Uh, it all generally it also offers an environment without steps uh, where, you know, if you're if you use a walker or a cane or a wheelchair, uh, you can get around uh, and, and with your independence. Because for me, being able to stay in control and stay independent as possible is a really important objective for almost all of us. Um, there's also another thing about um, there are a number of, of new places and older places, too, that offer what's called independence with care. So what I want you to do is to think about these places as uh, as an um, alternative to assisted living, because instead of moving you to an assisted living hall, uh, they have caregivers that can come to you and come to you, your apartment. And so particularly on the lower end of assisted living, um, uh, uh, independent living with care actually offers you a nicer alternative where you're still relatively independent, but you have folks that come and help you do those things where you need help. And at least in my experience, I have found that independence with care uh, is a good bit less expensive 
than uh, uh, simply paying for assisted living. And oftentimes, uh, more often than folks realize, that's all people need. And it's less expensive, it's more independent, gives you more control. Um, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. But again, it, you need to compare places in terms of, of what it offers you. The other thing it does, and a lot of folks don't think about it, is oftentimes you have a caregiver who's worn out and uh, a person being cared for, and they can afford to move into independent living together. Well, what that does is it, it makes it 10 times easier on the caregiver because now they don't have to worry about keeping the apartment clean uh, in, in any big way. They don't have to worry about food prep. Uh, their life becomes much easier in terms of being able to stay together, which is oftentimes a goal, uh, and to be able to take care of, uh, of their loved one with far less difficulty. And oftentimes that can be done uh, where both of them can live together uh, uh, for about the same price or even less sometimes than the cost of assisted living for one. Um, so it's just another alternative that a lot of folks have not considered. Uh, but for those folks that where assisted living is being discussed, uh, independent living with care is, is an alternative that every family should consider. Yeah, and it sounds like it provides families with a, a nice balance as well. And you mentioned the savings there, too. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Now, Bill, you're, you're live via Skype today from the beach. Now, when we tune into Money Secrets tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22, are we going to see you in board shorts and a, a life jacket? What are we going to see there? No, I'll, I'll be in my regular old Curtis cardigan sweater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Well, uh, I think we've had a great show today, and I'm, I'm glad you're getting some time off. I know you work very hard, and uh, you, you deserve a, a week to yourself, Bill. Well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, like all, all of us need the respite. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, we all need vacations. We all need respite, and we should uh, take advantage of it when we can. Well, I look forward to having you back in the studio next week. I'm sure you'll be sporting a tan as well, and uh, we hope you listening will join us as well. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. <laughs>